straight out of Layton. You're listening to Nitwick Radio with your hosts, Logan, Aaron, Jake, and Cody. Hello and welcome to Nitwick Radio. This is season four, episode three. Are we only on three? Did yeah. we change the uh, this is title? Of the yeah, it's, it's actually accurate, I think. Based. Uh, Based it is accurate. Album of the week is... Uh, Purity Filter, Immortal Spirit. And uh, the topic of the week... Does selling out? It's actually matter? like purity colon I, slash slash filter. I think that's it, correct. I don't remember is. my exact wording, but that gets the idea. Yeah, I think too bad it's not that way on Spotify. Yeah, it's, it's like a protocol for connecting on your Gemini connection, which is a real internet protocol that real people use. Lauren Sick. is um, fiending. I'm fiending Wait, right did, now. Did did fiending. did I heard you say that topic? But it was very talked over. So what is the topic? What's new? What's new? What's new? Uh, things being talked over on this show? No. The no, question of the never. week is like, I don't know what's going on with you guys. <laughs> hey, hey, you all got the topic of the week. It's literally just seeing how many like people we can call and ask if they got up dog just to see if they got the answer. Dude, we we should do that actually. Will it ever get old? The prank no. call episode? Yeah. Oh, yes. If we but, ever hit 100 followers on twitch.tv. I'm pretty sure right now I'm the, the topic was uh does selling out matter, though? Yeah, that, that I don't know it. the exact wording, but that's we close enough. It. That is the exact wording. Does oh, nice. selling out really matter? That's the question. Look at my brain, man. Look at the big brain on Cody. You, that's a pulp. I thought huge. You, you've been using the smooth brain with a lot of your cinema lately. Oh, man, I've been watching some really smooth brain movies, so... What is a smooth brain movie? One you can just not think Bullet about train. and still understand yeah. everything. Bullet train. Smooth Bullet brain? train was extremely smooth brain. Dude. Like, I got in there, and I'm like... This is just people getting hurt. I'm gonna I'm say something. Bullet I'm a, Train was Disney Channel original I'm, Quentin Tarantino film. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something right now, which is uh, how absolutely hurt and devastated and ashamed I am that every engineering bro in the state of Utah is 99% the same person. I will now describe to you a Utah engineering bro. First off, they're always in a STEM field. Second, they're always white. You're telling Third. me that it's something in the engineering fields in STEM? Yes. Yeah, that you yeah, yeah, yeah. down. It's basically slow, that. It's basically that. It's basically that. You're breaking here we barriers go. Here. They always have a fascination with Harry Potter for some reason, a series which was written for girls. I feel okay. like this all just logically tracks Fourth, so far. Like, I'm not there, is, there is an obsession with Marvel. And it's yep. not like yep. I it's go tracking. see the movies and I engage with the universe. It's I'm on the fan wikis level with Marvel. But like, Lauren, they have nothing better like to they do. Wanna like, oh, they can like wikis. whatever they want to like as long as they stop being 99% the same person. I had to go down to a company today. Uh, over the past three days and hang out with some engineering interns. And they were, when I first met them, I was like, wow, what genuinely nice and exciting people. And I love the engineer's analytical brain. But you know what I'm sick of? How every single engineering bro in this entire Western United State has a six-hour opinion on Harry Potter. Okay, wait, question. I'm done. No, big question on the Harry Potter thing. Yeah. Single or married? Well, dating frequently. Uh, Many of them married. married. Many of them married and their wives are even worse. 
Many, there's I, no escape. I'm done talking about no, Harry no, no, Potter. No, 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 the no. movies are over. No, 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 here, you brought here, it up. Here's what I have to say. I, I think with Harry Potter, and by the way, this is, I, I was listening back, you know, editing the episodes down, and this is not the first time in the last couple weeks we've been talking about Harry Potter. This is not okay. I, you know who's I, never I have brought to up put Harry out my Potter, rage though? about it. Me. Because no, Damon, no, no. Damon goes and has to listen to Danger Zone at Amazon, and he's like, I need to, I need to relate to everybody how bad Danger Zone is. But I, I have to deal with Harry Here. Potter every week because you cannot meet what? a single person with a STEM degree that doesn't have a six-hour opinion no, no, on no. it. So here's what I'm going to say. Here's, here's my what I just have to throw into the bucket on this one is I think Harry Potter, and again, you know, this has just been my experience. I'm not trying to say anything more or less than that. But I think that if you have a, a, a pretty pronounced opinion on Harry Potter, it likely, it, and you are... A, a male it is in your like 20s and you're talking about it actively like this i think it is because you're dating or or every everybody the, be I, like i do oh, think oh, i don't like i don't like of- twilight uh, it's so poorly written and it's just for girls harry potter is for girls it's more for girls than twilight is everybody gets more out of twilight than harry potter and you know what i'm really tired of what i'm really tired of is that their six hour analysis of the series is not even an analysis it's not even anything original they're just saying video essays at each other yeah. oh, oh oh i watched this set of video essays so i'm gonna talk to you about the video essays Dude. for for whatever and, and i that's all people do anymore that's all engineers do anymore at some point people used to like come up with interesting ways that mechanics would interface with each other and they try to ask like your opinions on oh how did you feel this part of the series was executed and now we just say video essays at each other that's all conversations are anymore to a large degree do we do that no, I, I don't know if you if we are doing that. I don't know which video essays you guys are watching. No, I, I'll say if the video essays I'm watching are definitely way more problematic than this show. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it's, all, like, it's like a seven hour long video about why taxi drivers based. I will say though, <laughs> Harry Potter is pretty fun, but I don't feel like there's a lot of profound stuff to take out of Harry Potter. Really, I just think it's it's pretty fun. I, I think I think there's a few things. I read Harry Potter. I think about there's the time a few quotes that, the that are extremely came good. Out. Wait, so what? like I read like the first three Harry Potter books and the fourth one, Goblet of Fire, mm. like when it came out, and I decided in that moment that I hated it. Yeah, and that was twenty years ago. And you know how many times I've thought about that opinion since on my own volition, zero times. That's great. Like, <laughs> I wish I could live like I'm like, like a you. duck. I wish I, I wish I could do feathers. anything other than be around engineers who think that it's funny to just uh, like be cinemasins with each other about Marvel movies See, for yeah, eight hours. If you're gonna do it, and you're gonna do it with Marvel movies and Harry Potter, I, I that's all I'm trying to say. They're like <laughs> Hagrid raised baby werewolves under. Aren't those just humans? <laughs> that's all they say. That's all they say. They just quote funny inconsistencies back at each other. It's so nice to be based and keno pilled because I don't have these interactions with that really is a lot of conversation i have with people about art sometimes is yeah i feel like a theory why didn't they just take the eagles to more more that's the stupidest wouldn't it be funny if they had a wouldn't it be funny if they had a lamborghini (laughs) 60 miles i can drive that in my car yeah yeah we get it david yeah. You're real intelligent. Yeah, no, I, uh, and where's the entire story of the trip? Yeah. I have heard that one. It's so. like, why didn't they just put the ring on a mouse and they carry the mouse? To yeah, I saw, that, I saw that Lord one Lord of the Rings is a walking movie. Put Shut the, up. I'll put the punch ring it on off. I don't even like Rick? the Lord of yeah, the Rings. Because, because when False. Sam carries um, Frodo, he doesn't have any effects from the ring. So theoretically, it doesn't matter what flesh the ring sat upon. You know? 
That's theoretical. No, I mean, there's no way you could know that. You know how do you how do you know that are writing books on the level of J.R.R. Tolkien? None, zero. I don't so even. It doesn't matter. I, my hot take is: I don't even think the Lord of the Rings is that well written. I think it's very obvious what the Lord of the Rings is, which is J.R.R. Tolkien invented a series of languages because he was a linguist and was really salty that no one wanted to try speaking them for fun. So he wrote the <laughs> Old Testament with fake languages. What he do? It's a terrible uh, book. These, As an Old Testament enjoyer, so, dude. After years of these takes, I'm calloused. <laughs> See, this is why my brain's smooth. I don't ever have these thoughts. I go home at night, I take my brain out of the skull, the iron Testament. that bad boy. The, the Lord of the Rings is just the Old Testament. <laughs> what part? <laughs> All of it. No, what what actual part Testament. of the Old Testament? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I asked Baromir getting as like someone who has read both orcs. Lord of the Rings and both the Old and New Testament and read them at about the same time. I don't. I don't think I follow. Yeah, I yeah think like, like asking the real question. Have you read the Old Testament right now in my eyes? Come on. I have read the Old Testament. The full then, then Old what Testament. Part I've read the, more of the Old Testament than I have of Lord of the Rings. Then what so part of the Old the Testament of is either. The entirety of it. I I the, the, submit so you to you guys all Lord of the Rings. I, then. I oh. submit to you guys very honestly that the Lord of the Rings is literally just the Bible. No, which, that's wait, wait, it. Wait, you just said online, you've read which online this isn't anything. Are you this actually right comes <laughs> from this actually comes from my trans druid hey, friend. So I have to say this. I have to say this. So like, um, I was on uh, rate your music today. I'm sorry. And I was looking at this purity filter album, and I started scrolling through the reviews of it, and I was looking at diction and sentence construction, and Did I was you just find like, Lauren's account. Uh, oh, oh. I was just sitting here going, oh, so this is why Lauren speaks the way she does. Oh, so this is why she's a control C, control V of this. Like, literally, I was reading it, and I was it's just like, command oh, my C. gosh. Like, we use Windows using, in this house. They were using words and, like, emphasis in ways that I was just like, I, Lauren has based the entirety of your, like, persona on these types of comments and, and threads what like literally like, what like psychologically disturb, disturbed anime teenagers yeah, yeah. yeah. i've yeah. been pretty clear about that actually <laughs> like no, i don't know yeah, at what I, point I, you I, thought that wasn't the case i looked at it and i went lauren probably wrote this <laughs> it was that close probably wrote all of them it under was, different accounts it was that close I'll get on all my alt accounts to influence yeah, okay, music Lauren, averages. Now look me in the eyes have you ever had an argument with yourself online using different accounts that's just a blog post no no well, no using different <laughs> no, accounts actually, yeah, it's you. you were the one posting have i ever been that schizophrenic i don't know that my teenage years on reddit are kind of a haze so i'm not gonna say no but I wouldn't remember You would know what. if you did that. Yeah. You would freaking know if you did God that. God for sure would know if you did that. I don't know. I really loved creating straw men on Reddit. Like, I I love actually just habitually misinterpreting people on purpose and then forcing them to give up on their argument because they're too busy trying to clarify. So, speaking of Reddit and, like, the schizo <laughs> things that happened on Reddit, my yeah. friend the other day was like, yeah, I saw your Reddit's link to your Discord profile. He's like, so I want to see what heinous stuff you were up to on the internet. He's like, I went to it, and it's all just posts of movies you buy. Yeah. He's like, there's nothing that's not kind of wholesome at the very least. He's like, you use Reddit wrong. I was like, no, I don't. I was like, I just want to talk about movies. I found the community. 
I post yeah. there. Cody's being the change. Honestly, my, I am the well change. said. My my number well one said, my number one target with interacting with people our age is to bring up Reddit as soon as possible because <laughs> there's this there's this weird like don't bring pretend. up Reddit don't bring there's up Harry like, Potter this pretend <laughs> don't like, bring up anything I, I get all everybody gets all of their memes and opinions from some mix of Reddit and recommendation next on YouTube. Right? No. And, and, and everybody's know. like, oh, my Reddit ch- my Reddit subreddits and my YouTube channels are like my secret. It's my entire personality. And so if you just get it out of the way, you're like, bro, it's the number four website in the world. Literally everybody has been on Reddit.com. You can admit that you're just stealing things. It's fine. We don't have to do this like friend dances like, oh, I think he gets his stuff from 4chan or 9gag. You know? like, Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I legitimately do not use Reddit. Good. Neither do I. But you have to you have to establish right away because otherwise people are going to play really coy like, let me hit you with all these funny opinions that I came up with. You know it's what like, I do? Yeah, Bradley, I bet. You know what I, I bet do? that's all I you. Read, I read essays. <laughs> I read essays. I, Damon wasn't here for that. That's what I would yeah. explain the blank look. We decided uh, read that reading essays. essays was a red flag. <laughs> like, <laughs> where are these essays Any sourced? The, All of them. You know, I just give it an essay, Red like flag. books of essays and stuff. I enjoy, We're talking about I, infinite I jest, is what we're doing. Scientific essays and stuff. No, a look, let me. That, yeah, peer-reviewed essays. I'll read them all. I, I actually enjoy. I, essays are so short. Yeah. This, this is literally the reason why. It's because they're short, and you. It's get a well-written opinion. Of, yeah, I'm, of, I'm of, not, and they're quick, and you a, can go a, from one thing to another. Am I just some dude farting it out on a Reddit comment? It's like a, <laughs> it's, it's a published opinion that's been edited and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And yet you meet so many people who have the tolerance to read seven Damon books, gets it. seven books of mediocre fantasy, but won't read like one good essay. Yeah, you don't even know how many books are in Lord of the Rings. There's only three. Well, I was talking about. <laughs> hey, hey, did you guys know that Lord of the Rings is the no. whole See? Old Testament? Notice <laughs> it's you the whole, it's the whole, whole Old Testament. About wait, wait, what part of the Old Testament? The whole All thing. Of it. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what books that were for kids that are pretty based? Series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Dude, yes. I dude, I just saw and you know, take it for what it is, but did somebody attempt to cancel Lemony Snicket? Is there probably somebody? I don't know. I don't pay attention I, to I the saw opinions that. of internet. I saw people. that. I was like, yo, you know that Lemony Snicket's not even real, right? Dude, I saw a TikTok the other day of someone trying to cancel Metallica. I've never just scrolled past something oh, so yeah. fast. I don't care what they did. There's a Do whole we weird Al song this? canceling Metallica. I, it's Dude, not, Weird Al cancel Metallica? Dude, Weird Al commands this. culture. Dude, yeah. Culture is at Weird his Al, fingertips. Weird Al is Oz behind the curtain. I just... Is ca- is canceling like even real anymore? <laughs> if you're 18, it is. Listen up, libs. <laughs> Listen up, liberals. I'm not. I don't mean that in like a political way. I just mean like, does anybody seriously talk about canceling anymore? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is that yeah. still happening? Yeah, yep. yeah, it does. But yeah. I, I. So okay. Uh, Bigfoot or a Bigfoot-like creature wrote this album. Is that what I'm supposed to understand? What? Hit me with the TLDR. <laughs> Dru- Wait, what is it? Druid or something? Oh, we're talking about Purity Filter yeah. now? Yeah. I No, doesn't Purity Filter like identify as like a freaking non-existent creature? That's like the shtick of like 90% of Hextardus. So Bigfoot wrote this album. Sure. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it's a shtick or is it real? Because we need to know. I don't think it's important. 
I really, I really don't like. This so, is a cancelable take, ladies and gentlemen. This yeah, is a sure. very cancelable no, take. Fine. But I, I'm saying that, like, at this level of like internet abstraction, the line between. Uh, Things that are actually part of your identity, things that you present, and things that are just a symptom of your mental illness. It's a very, very fuzzy line. There's <laughs> there's like no definition anywhere here. But that's part of what's fun at this level of depth on the internet. You know, like you listen to somebody who's like putting their face on all their album covers and actually touring and going places. And there's like a responsibility to align the person that you are with the art that you present. And when you're at this point where you have like a Celebi with its eye cut out on the album cover, yeah. you're like, you're like, is. this isn't about a human being anymore. This is just about being rad, which is exactly what this album is. So I, I really, uh, actually was surprised when we decided to do this album of all my picks first, because in my mind, this is the one that is the least interesting for me to talk about because I just think it's sweet. I think that this album represents a ton of things that I really like. The track list is awesome front to back. It's heavily abstracted. I don't know what the heck is going on with it most of the time. And I really picked it because I thought that I could finally break through the fabric of Lauren only picks obscure internet albums and actually get some head nods out of Aaron and Cody this time. I, I don't quite know how to win over Damon. I've won over Jake plenty of times before. But this time I was like, okay. I need something that you can throw in the background, right? That produces a solid vibe, right? But I also need something that has riffs. And you listen to this album, and it's got legitimately headbanging rhythms and riffs. They're not guitars. She's trying to right? sell us right now. I, I know. That's what I'm it's saying. But, but you also turn it on, and you get lost in that, like, rainy 8-bit hacked Game Boy City. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's the, the type of vibe that I wanted to communicate to y'all. I want to get in front of a couple criticisms. First off, I think the second track is easily the worst. The rest, I think, are pretty much all bangers. The other thing is, uh, I do think that the album, while incredibly consistent, can get a little samey unless you're paying attention to it. Nope. If you are paying attention to it, I think it has a ton of variety to offer. But for the most part, I view this as like a flat, awesome album that merges like six different genres. One of the tags on Bandcamp is Sex Trance. And I've never heard that before, and I what feel like the, it's appropriate. What the frick? This yes, is like, is. we were talking last night. We were talking not last night about how like Netflix tries to do those quirky genre tags. You know those? Yeah. It's like biting, yeah. melodramatic, and cerebral. And you're like, what? In the- <laughs> you're like, dude, that's me. That's me. Oh my gosh. I'm biting, melodramatic, <laughs> and cerebral. I love how that like everybody thinks that applies to them. <laughs> That's like what uh, Spotify does with their music. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. somebody got silly and spooky as their R. <laughs> it's like, what is that supposed to mean? Back in the day, it's actually great, Lauren. When you were getting in front of Pollen Core, that whole scene of like the playlist names with different feelings yeah. behind that's that whole culture has been like mega amplified. it's ever it's everything now like yeah. there there is i find that there is practically there like genre playlists are a dwindling populace they are an endangered species right now every play y'all i told y'all back in the day 
I'm like, I'm worried about this pollen thing because it's going to take over. Yeah. This like, we only care about quality. This is just a quality playlist, man. It's like, you tell me nothing. This means nothing. And now it's every playlist. It is. It is. You're I not need, wrong about that. I need a one-sentence summary of this pollen. I've never heard of pollen. So, so pollen is a playlist that became big on Spotify probably about two years ago. It was a good playlist. And their whole modus operandi, I don't think it was totally bad either initially, because they basically wanted to spotlight artists that made songs that could crack the top 100, but were typically a little left field, right? Like a little Tyler, the creator, a little like Rex Orange County type stuff. Things that had good, solid vibes. JPEG Mafia made it on there a few times. But my big problem, Mm. well, no, because they would do like anything. Like you could see a hyper pop song on there occasionally. That's... Yeah, it it, still it was a like lot Tumblr, of things, but 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 ultimately the thing that bugged me was that they advertised themselves as like we don't care about genre quality songs only, and I said this to me defeats the purpose of a public playlist because the point of a public playlist is to like have a vibe or a mission or something like that. And be able to share that with people like a mixtape of, hey, here's like a cool collection of songs under this radar. Whereas Pollen, to me, says, here's the corporate version of your friend's Spotify 2018 liked playlist. Which just absolutely rank of like boring capitalism to me. Also, shout out specifically to 2018 and 2019 because it's gone now. You can't share them anymore. It's all, if 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 you share a link, it just links them to their own. So you can't share your playlist anymore. Well, that's be Wait, well that's that too. Playlist and just older than twenty nineteen. Your end of year playlist oh. no longer is shareable. Well, and the other hey, major thing that Spotify done. did that I think aligns with like pollen as representative of this new trend in playlisting is Spotify stopped recommending user generated playlists. They started only ever promoting. Um, like playlists that were developed in house. And as a result, they developed a ton of them. And a lot of them also have no rhyme or reason and also share huge overlap. That's how that uh, planet rave playlist feels. Have you seen that one? I haven't. I haven't been on Spotify in a while. It's a good playlist, but it's just like anything like it was suggested in the bottom of this album. Yeah. Like, it's on so many other albums. Like it'll be right. on this or like Charlie XCX or something. And yeah. In reality, the two should never really be. And, on you, a and to me, I'm together. like, what's the point of this? Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, I know the point. The point is to drive it to songs that you want people to listen to because you have a vested interest in people it. People right? just want a dopamine release as soon as they turn on music. I know. Well, that song. and auto playing suggested tracks after a new album is another dark pattern, I think. And I, I don't want to be like all doom and gloom and be like, whoa, yeah. Spotify is an evil corporation. Like just because I. Think Think that doesn't mean my arguments should be based around it but i do think that pollen was representative of a sh- of a, a change of the tides of the music industry and we talked about it early on we did we no, did and it is and, real. and it is what happened if you go out we are look, very rarely right if, guys if you do look at <laughs> i'm always right no Damn. we are rarely right <laughs> i'm not always now when we started the show we were calling the shots but it's been a while we, we yeah we've had some has been days while. of sin but uh, th- that one actually is legit. That one 100% I know. did come and I, to pass. And I really miss like the notion of curated specialty playlists, you know, where it was like all songs that have a 180 beat per minute breakdown and a distorted guitar. Okay, but I, I yeah, do want to like, say something about this album written by uh, Bigfoot. And that yeah. is, that is <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got in front of it, basically. I'll say this. I was coding today. Yeah. 
And okay, it's really hard for me to get DDR out of my head when I hear this type of stuff. <laughs> like I'm like good. I'm like no 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 not not so good. <laughs> I, 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 I I just I no 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 just for my enjoyment. Like I have to go no not DDR. Just let this be a, be an energy. Yeah. And when I did that, and then I was coding like. First of all, I've really come around to these type of breakbeats. Super great. I do. I do. Like, there's a lot I enjoyed here, and I did like the production, and it was a fun ride. Um, I did feel like it was your what you were saying about it being samey. That was my main criticism. Is like, are you guys saying samey? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But that all said, if I just zone out and code, it is just kind of like I'm like in a color swirl yeah. with a computer monitor in front of me. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. You know, well, and I, I really I can handle that. I remember talking to uh, a mutual friend slash boss that we had at a time. Right. <laughs> and he was like, I really want to get into writing music for video games. Like that's what I'm going to do. And I remember I on Bandcamp had seen someone been like, Hey, I wrote this album as a game soundtrack, but also there's no game. There's just like an art booklet. And I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I was like, yeah, who cares if someone will make a game around like cool songs and vibes that you want to do? And that's one thing that I appreciate about um, kind of hexed and dismiss yourself in general is that <clears throat> the artists on the label are not afraid to go for high concept stuff. It, it's like high concept, but it's not like Roger Waters, like, whoa, we're all the monkeys in front of the TV. It's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna write a soundtrack for a PS2 game. High concept. You know You're what I'm saying? High Dude, concept. I do love, I love it when Lauren does, like, turn this kind of, <laughs> this kind of an album into, like, high concept. High concept. I do, <laughs> and that's a direct I do think quote. this is high concept, though. High concept. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hear me out. Hear me out. We're not looking like at like at the Strokes thing, where it's, or the Cars thing, where it's just like, yeah, we just threw a bunch of singles onto the album. I think this has a very distinct thing that it is going for. It's atmospheric. I would not say it's high concept at yeah. all. I would say it's atmospheric I don't for think sure. I'd call it conceptual. I, yeah, I wouldn't Period. even call it conceptual either. Mm. I would say I, I, it does have good atmosphere. My understanding of like a concept album, obviously, because like I'm a huge prog head. Yeah derives from Prague. So like if it doesn't have a verbalized story, then I'm totally out. So like when I hear a prog band be like, oh, we're writing a concept album, but it's mm -hmm. just seven instrumental tracks, I'm like, what's your concept? I don't yeah. I don't follow. <laughs> At that point I just make it up. I'm like, it's the Lion King. You know, like, <laughs> well, it's like, and that's why, like, a band like Animals as Leaders, it's all instrumental. They've never been like, oh, this is a concept album. Because, like, yeah. I'm not getting anything out of your two eight string guitars and your drums. <laughs> like, yeah, you're all super talented, but, like, there's no concept in this. Like, I don't. <laughs> it's do you like, have, like, some returning things, like, some refrains that might come where back my where my like, mind cares? goes where my mind goes with that is like I was just thinking while you were saying that like instrumental music having a concept to it like for some reason uh, Peter and the Wolf hit my head right because mm -hmm. that's like just music there's no voices but there is like a concept going on with it and a rad cartoon. but the reason why is because there's a storyline to it the whole Peter and the Wolf thing is a storyline you know. That the music connects to, yeah. Right? More importantly, those visuals, yeah. And this, I, I did feel like it really nails the the atmosphere, but there's no storyline going on. There's no themes really. It's just, yeah. And like what you just said with it being like a visual thing, like there's something to connect it to. This is going to sound like such a high school English teacher thing to say, but <laughs> like words painting a scene. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a reason that, like, I can listen to Dream Theater scenes from a memory, and I understand the concept, because it's vocalized to me. I can picture it all happening. I don't know. I'm actually completely against everything you said. All right. (laughs) Elaborate, (laughs) then, my friend. I don't know. Just, uh, to me, it's always felt like using fully electronic everything like this is, like, the only way to really push musical boundaries anymore. Like, if you get four dudes in a garage with a guitar, a bass, well, two guitars, a bass, and drums, like, there's nothing new they can accomplish. Well, I'm not saying there's anything new. I'm just saying they're not coming up with a concept. Well, no, but not only that, like, I appreciate this for that aspect. And the thing I really like that uh, someone said recently, I can't remember who, but they were saying, like, the thing I like about trance and house music is, like, it is easy to just paint your own picture of what's going on. Like, it's a cool soundtrack to really whatever scenario you want to give it. Like, to me, this kind of does sound like what Aaron was saying, like some weird colorful tube, but, like, it can sound like some Neo-Tokyo one-eyeball Celebi thing. Yeah. If it lets it, but, like, really, it's just up to whoever. But I think without words and without anything, I think it's pretty cool. And not only that, but, I mean, going off of what Daft Punk did in this scenario, which is discovery doesn't have any concept at all. Like there's no story to discovery at all, but they still made an anime to go along with it. And it works perfectly as like a mostly house album. I love it. It's just, yeah, just random visual stuff going on. But so. That's the classic question that, of, of gatekeeping because it's like, cause I, I would, I, yeah, I'm I, not I, saying you're no, wrong no, no. for anything. Yeah, I just, no, I just no, no, no. I think it's interesting. Cause like I've felt what Cody's talking about because, um, like you do get these epics that were coming out in like the seventies mm-hmm. all the way to the nineties. Like some people really crafted, uh, concept albums as I guess as they were, but that, that like hardly ever happens anymore. People really don't do that. Like they did. Prog bands are pretty much your only place you're still getting them. Yeah. And you, and there you don't even like get the same caliber of like storytelling. Oh yeah. Like. No, it's usually it's like, legacy. It's like, didn't you hear the lyrics? Like, I was talking about this really deep theme and it's like, well, yeah, they used to like straight up almost have mono like voices telling you and like you could hear things happening and stuff. And, um, so I don't know. I get that going away and I, it does kind of frustrate me because like Muse is the worst offender ever. They're always like, yeah, this is like a con, this is like 1984. And you're like, read a different book, liberal, mad, mad. And you're like, wow, 1984. Wow, 1984. Oh, I get it now. Because they're all mad because the government. Society. I like, but then on the flip, I like keeping things really interpretive. And, but then having, I don't know, like you're saying, even within certain genres, whether it be electronic or whatever, like that do kind of paint a rough picture, but then they leave it up to you to just kind of imagine it. Imagine well, it. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't want to underrate that as artistry either, because first off, I think 80% of the time, probably 90, I find it ridiculous whenever musicians try to be literary. Well, like, but okay. It's what just I wanted, kind of silly. What I want to say though. Yeah. I mean, you can make the show, don't show don't tell case. That's yeah. kind of what I hear you saying. I, what do you mean by literary? Cause I might agree with you. Well, This is where we probably break down, like, uh, artists who place so much meaning into, like, their lyrics and metaphor and all that. Aesop Rock versus Playboy See, but I really think (laughs) Aesop Rock... I thought that's just about the, like, it's just about the the language of it. Now, now, to be fair... not, Not the, like... Metaphor well, themes. Those are the two extremes, I guess. Yeah, well, okay. but even even yeah, yeah, then, I see that. even then, I think of like Aesop rock for the most part. 
is actually occupying a similar level of bandwidth to fun as Cardi is. Not quite there, right? But I think Aesop Rock's version of fun is just like, how ridiculous can I make this sentence, right? Mm -hmm. What What I'm talking about is a thing that I pretty much universally hate in music is artists, albums, and most especially lyrics that take themselves extremely self-seriously. Um, I, I think it's been excusable in some cases. I think for the most part, Tom York, everything he writes, he takes really seriously. But whenever somebody comes out with an album and is like, this is an important album for our country, I want to kill myself. Yeah, well, that's maybe a big, maybe that's maybe a big okay, thing to if say. If they're prescribing it to the whole country... I would agree with well, you. Well, I usually find but that. But I, I felt that way about like Lemonade with Beyonce. I was like, great. Boy, I sure really care that another celebrity got cheated on. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, these are like trash examples, dude. <laughs> like, like, hey, like I just feel like. Yeah, maybe. Because like I am, I am big into lyricism. I love lyrics yeah. and lyrics are a huge part of it for me. But it's almost everything that I connect with lyrically is introspective stuff. Well, but even and I, I think taking introspection self seriously is absolutely appropriate. I don't, I don't think That's introspection my, is so bad. I do think that extrospection, like being prescriptive about society in terms of your lyrics, is where it gets real cringe. I, I can I can agree but with that. I could something probably something agree like that as well. uh, something like Crywolf's like Oblivion album, mm. where he is so epic and so grand that it almost like completely escapes any semblance of reality. On top of the fact that he's using electronic production, which I agree with Damon is like the only real way to push sonic boundaries Kay, left at this look, point. I, I had a point there though with What's the, up? What, what, with what I was bringing up. Like as far as concept albums are concerned, though. When you're saying a concept album, do you mean, do you mean, because like I would make the case that even if it's a set of singles, most anything, like the second you take one thing and you put it next to another, you juxtapose mm-hmm. two things, you're assuming some form of relationship or contrast between them. Right. So every album would be a concept album if you're too loose about this. Uh, I think when people say okay. concept album, they mean literary storytelling that's what i think yeah but i i prefer the the looser definition just where because i think i think there is a line between artists who set out to write an album that is about something and generally like a story format versus people who are i'm putting a collection of songs together i'm not saying that one is superior to the other i'm saying that i'd rather be loose in my definition of concept album because i hate 90 percent of Concept albums. Yeah, in I the think pure concept sense. Like, albums need a new name. The, the, the issue yeah, that works. The <laughs> issue is it, and this is always the nitwick issue. Is it? it depends on it depends on how you define it, right? Yes, because the, like Pine Grove, right? Eleven Eleven yeah. apparently is about the climate change and stuff. Yeah, which and, was and crazy. We did not learn and, that yeah. until very late. Yeah, and so do we call that a concept album now? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I actually I prefer the I looser think, definition. I, I I think I think functionally, I I don't. I frankly, I, I don't care what you prefer. I think if somebody says concept album, they're talking about the wall. That's what they're talking about. I hate the wall. I though. think if you're that able to, you hate that it. Doesn't matter. I just, I, that's like the quintessential like concept album, though. Like when someone thinks like concept album, they think the wall God, or just, Rush's Twenty One Twelve, not the album yeah. song. I'm actually like, so mad that nostalgia hey, critic also hates the wall because now it's cringe to hate the wall. Go ahead and think of Deltron Thirty Thirty. <laughs> there you go. There, yeah. There's one you can hold. To. But yeah, like, that's fun. I think it 
depends on whether or not you can just listen to it and understand like the overarching story the first time versus having to like go online, look it up, and find the out. Thing is, that though, even then, I love that. I know that. I love that too. I, I think but it I don't comes think down to it sounds like literal versus interpretive concept album. I think like I would a have literal to give it concept to... album being Porcupine Trees, Fear of the Blank Planet, which also goes hard, and then this album. Be, yeah. Like it has a concept, and I will give it to you guys. Like when I was listening to it today, I was like, I feel like I'm playing Halo Two, and it's 2004. <laughs> like it There's definitely, it, and even though I didn't listen to anything like this, I now yeah. know in hindsight, like it existed. I had no idea. Yeah, I was listening to like things in the Viva La Bam, like Tony Hawk realm. I knew like punk bands and metal bands. Yeah, yeah. so good. And so like, but when I was listening to this, I was like, this would hit with like a land party. Yeah. That's uh, very true. And so, like, I can definitely understand, <laughs> An like, LED I light strip. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I personally would go as far as to, like, think that that necessarily makes it a concept album, but I can understand where you come from. I Again, just, I think it's just because I grew up listening, like, literally one of my first music memories is listening yeah. to Rush's 2112. I th- so, like, I've had that progressive rock concept album drilled into my brain since I was, like, four. Yeah. Bedrock, I think I generally agree with Lauren's take on this. I, I just think that really the problem, and, and this is where I line up with Damon as well, is I just think concept album is a loaded phrase. Yeah. yeah. It just sets a precedent for, it, it's like a stereotype in your head. But yeah. I, I think like you can have something that revolves around a theme that's interpretive. And I'm not not going to call it a concept album, but I'm not going to call it a concept album either. The problem, yeah, it goes back to, for me though, bare bones. The problem is, is, in, by that definition, literally any album would be because when you assemble multiple things together, it immediately assigns new meaning to every individual part. Yeah, I get because what, they're I get what they're I just think some things are just hard. I just think like, and I was actually just saying about this earlier in this episode is I just feel like so much we just get focused on classification, right? And that's what I was thinking about when you guys were going on about pollen because I just think when you start to focus more on classification than the actual meat or the actual, you know, art, then why is focus so much on classification? It's Just what focus Lauren on- literally said earlier in the episode, have somebody spend their entire time explaining their argument rather than actually arguing. <laughs> yeah. That's no, no, no. kind of what it turns out. You're, you're, you're 100% <laughs> right though. It is always better to go and engage with art then listen to us talk about it. Yeah, no, please to us stop listening to the show. I disagree. <laughs> then I, you can rate our podcast after three of us. I think. I, whoa, I, whoa, I, whoa, 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 whoa! I would rather. I would rather uh, involve myself in lawn, online discussion and like fan videos of really good art than watch crappy stuff. I don't know. Yeah. If well, well, well let, let me. I think online discourse though almost always is the mile wide inch deep I just like like, like yeah it goes back to like that meme that you posted like dudes turn 20 and base their whole personality around one of these <laughs> albums which by the way I had seen that meme right before you posted it as so well funny. and when I saw it I just I just sit there and I just go gosh I just hate communities behind art most of the time <laughs> no, that's pretty <laughs> like, basic, honestly yeah, yeah. I just like I see a meme like that and I'm just like just grow the frick up if yeah. you like it just like it we don't need to be like oh are, are you like a 
in the aeroplane over the sea guy or are you like a I, I, king gizzard so guy at the same like, time shut up I, I, like, like, I, I get way more fun like, out of a meme where it's a picture of Jeff Mangum talking to Anne Frank being like I wrote this album for you and she's like this sucks I get way more enjoyment out of that than I do out of most albums I just think the that we care way too much about the meta data and we don't care enough about the content yeah and I just metadata just starts to piss me okay, off. Can I, I agree. Can yeah. I make it? One hundred percent. That that is. Hold I, up. I think that is the thesis. My interpretation. All right. We probably each have a different one, but to a large degree, that we have talked about that since the beginning on this show. No, no, no. Metadata no, and art should just never combine. We we yes. we make every fan base. We we. I don't know. Between all of us, we make it, it is a chaotic neutral because like we have managed to like disown and yet defend so many different ways of thinking about different pieces of art and it's because like li- literally i mean it's subjective so just go in and experience that's it. a cop out go and experience no, that, that is if you had a, if we had to boil all this bull crap from this show down that's my take that is I, my take i feel like i have to defend this because first off the, the question that you're proposing here is existential, which is why even do a podcast like this? And here's, yes, what, here's what I'm going yes, to say. Here's is. what I'm going to say, right? <laughs> I am a firm believer that criticism of art is in and of itself a form of art. Uh, I, I would I, agree. I like I criticism agree. as curation. I think criticism as curation, though, is a dangerous game to play because you're saying you're only valuable based on what you can recommend and what you can tell me not to listen to. I think of itself, the fact that people get around and decide to talk about these things, as much as I hate the six-hour Harry Potter analysis, right, it feeds a lot of people. Right. Well, it, not only that, but like it's people formulating their own opinions sometimes. Well, that, or this might be a, this might be a mind shattering concept for you, but maybe they actually enjoy it, and you mm. don't. I, I'm sure that they do. Like I, I, I think no. I Harry Potter is cringe. With I, Harry Potter with Jake. Jake no, that's hey, impossible. Jake, it's no, cringe. No, Jake. I hear your point, but I do think the concentration and the demographic talking about Harry Potter. All right, all right. You're, you're, think, you're focusing on a hyper focused example. That's, <laughs> what I mean is generally. If it's not your thing, stay in your freaking lane. That's my opinion. If it's not your thing, stay in your lane. <laughs> I like That's driving in oncoming traffic. And that has been my opinion since the beginning. Yeah, okay, I agree. But if somebody else does get in your lane, at Shoot least, just, well, just, just laugh about getting it. I don't in your, know. Getting don't in, be so serious. I mean, uh, sure. Do you know what the Joker's dad said? He said, why so serious? Do you know what the Joker's dad said? He said... Crazy bread is normal bread to me. <laughs> no, I've heard, on, honestly, heard tales. No, honestly, though, like it's regular bread to everyone. My thing is this. I have learned how to tolerate it over the course of this show. When I first started this show, I just was pissed off all the time. And, and now at this point, what I've just learned to do is just dismiss. Hey, just dismiss yourself. Welcome. And, and yeah. And my thing is, it's just the like, label. okay. I guess it does come down to the individual to dismiss when somebody gets in your lane. But why the frick are you getting in someone else's lane? Well, they just have of, to learn they're, they're, to deal no, with you. Because they're like discourse. Yeah. And you're an obnoxious no, 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 insecurity. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. It, well, that's it, what it, it is. can be. It can be. But also, there is a such thing as like just somebody looking for a breadth of experience. And they end up you know, in a furry fan fiction community and they don't know where they are. And they're just like, where am I? 
and and everybody's around them is mad at them for being that's there. Getting, a personal no, they're story. getting yeah, MK well, Ultra. Is what it is. Also, have that, been that, there? That sounds more like what? A, a neutral no, person. I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about people that are actively gatekeeping. No, there are actively, communities. There are communities that your very existence in their space is enough for them to. Uh, they are upset. Well, then screw that. I, I don't know. That's yeah, just so, freaking uh, what I'm stupid. Say, what, what I'm saying is, they're they're. It's just a classic, man. We all dealt with the the peas leaking into the mashed potatoes. You know, <laughs> at some point, you just you just learn to enjoy your yeah, plate. Yeah, you do have to just dismiss the enjoy peas, your but plate. Just say, frankly, the peas got in the way, dude. It's gotten the freaking <laughs> way. I, I don't know what else to say. It's well, the peas' fault. What sucks too is like when MF Doom is a good example of this right now. I think is like if somebody just likes MF Doom right now. And then, like, wants to know more. All they're gonna find is like the exact same meta memes and commentary. And wow, he's just like Doctor Doom from Marvel. Like that is <laughs> like you're just gonna get the exact same conversation every time. And like, not only with him, but just anybody who has like a defined fan base or like a defined sound or anything like that. Like there is a meta discussion and like almost a community built around nothing but like what's already been established and it really sucks honestly tradition yeah, yeah. It's tradition just, no that's then, a good point because then it's hard to enjoy personally it's like you i just say i like mf doom and then somebody starts talking to me about mf doom subreddit and it's like get out of here dude yeah <laughs> that's it. no no yeah there's another point i really want to get in there as to why instead of making it a complete like negative like stay in your lane here's the thing art is is put out to the masses to be I don't know, to be consumed, to be obliterated. And so when, when I think, I think, and this is where I would agree with Lauren. Like, I think, um, if you're endlessly consuming and never processing things that you're experiencing with at least your peers for Pete's sake, you know, like having discourse or, or just talking about art that you're experiencing with close friends. Like, I think that that's a tradition to keep around. I, yeah, I, I do. Okay. I mean, I, that side of it, I, I suppose I will agree, but I, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, I'm talking about the toxicity of our city. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I'm talking R about slash city world. I'm talking about our slash system of a down. That's what I'm talking about. No, like literally what I'm, what I'm saying is there becomes this toxic behavior with, um, somebody being, so attached to a piece of art that they can no longer let anybody else be attached. Or if they associate with this piece of art, your presence is going to damage my thing. And I'm just like, dude, you're making the art about you and not about the art. And frankly, that in my opinion is the worst. You should make a podcast where you call that out. That's what this is. <laughs> and frankly, from the beginning, that's what I had been trying to say, though, is it's just like, frankly, first and foremost, I didn't ask for your freaking opinion. And second, why are you getting in my face with it? That's, that's my thing. Hey, that record was pretty decent. Also, I just wanted to say. Oh, thank I liked you. half of it. Yeah. The, the bass was a little much on some I didn't even say yeah. anything about the record. <laughs> Perhaps that album succeeded and actually got us. Yeah, I, I mean, it was. Let's go around. I liked it. You like it? Did you like it? I liked. I liked most of it. A net positive experience. I, net, net positive. I, I liked yeah. a net positive. Yeah, spiraling through Sinbound. I was all. Oh, in it on goes that. so hard. The first few tracks, I'm like, all right, 
that bass is a little heavy in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> like we can I probably do, tone that mean, down. Yeah. Dude, I'm like barely I love awake the listening beats. to it this morning, but I was real awake by the fourth track. Yeah. Really, the only thing I, st- I just struggled with a bit was the hard style moments. Which I just, is really... I just there really don't like hard style, style that much. Yeah. But there's not... There was... Yeah. My I, favorite I moments know. were... That's, when they would pitch the snares, yeah, that was my favorite moment. Oh my god, dude, we gotta we gotta get you into breakcore. I really think that like I want to get back into writing music, something fierce, and I really want to make something that's like this, but like has pop and vocal sensibilities to it as well. That's, that's sound, kind of my goal. It sounds almost impossible. I want to hear it. I know it's that. Well, it's because like. The difficulty is you take somebody like Oliver Francis's journey too, where he grows up like listening to all these pop punk bands and he's like, boy, I really want to be like a Linkin Park or something like that. But he keeps trying to get bands together. They keep falling apart. Eventually he's broke and he's a janitor. Right. And so he just starts like rapping and making beats because I guess he also liked that. Right. And that blew up. And then finally, like six years later, he's like, yeah, I just want to do like a, an album with my friends who are playing instruments. And so he just releases a pop punk album yeah, with sick album art, by the way. Yeah, that, thank that you. is such good album. art. Well, and, and, and I love that, too, because at the end of the day, like you exist as like this conglomeration of all these. That, that's one of the weird things about making art in general is that you are like this ginormous kaleidoscopic Venn diagram of interests and then you make something and inevitably it's just like this tiny, tiny piece yeah. <laughs> of, of everything that you are. And for me, it's always been difficult because I, I want to try and capture as much of that kaleidoscope as possible. But at the end of the day, I know it's, it's there's like this perpetual feeling when other people listen to your stuff. You're like, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But- but that's not everything. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have yeah. so much more to say. And it's like, <laughs> come into my little laboratory. I'll tell you more. <laughs> it's so difficult. Yeah. That's part of why I like uh, like talking about art so much, too, is because I, I like seeing that little piece and trying to imagine the kaleidoscope around it, too. So speaking of kaleidoscopes, is it okay to sell out? <laughs> speaking <laughs> of kaleidoscopes. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this one, too, because my opinion has changed a lot. What, what type of selling out are we talking Bro, about? Bro, I hate so, to say this, but I want to start what, with Cody's opinion on this well, one. Well, it's okay. my topic, so um, it, where this one came from about the time we were putting together our topics and everything for the season, I was listening to Jawbreaker, and they have this song called Boxcar, and it starts out with the word, or lines, it's, you're not punk and I'm telling everyone, and then the next line is, save your breath, I never was one. <laughs> and it's be, written in response to, like, they blew up out of, like, the Bay Area punk scene in the early 90s, and people were like, oh, they're a bunch of sellouts. They signed to Geffen. Like, and so I was thinking about them. I was thinking about Green Day, who experienced like the same thing, and Rise Against. You think of Oliver Tree? No, I never think about Oliver Tree. Um, but specifically Jawbreaker and Rise Against. I was thinking about them. Because like, Rise Against, in my opinion, wrote their best album after signing to a major label. And so like, I was like, does it really matter if they sell out? And I think that answers my opinion. Like, I don't think it really does. Like, I, I think there's a weird community thing that gets lost when bands sign to major labels and start playing like giant concerts versus small venues, 10 people and no barrier. But I, I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. I think the whole idea of selling out uh, in my mind is more like, like I think it's appropriate you bringing up punk and stuff like that. I think Compromising the, the modern, the modern conversation is like how real is the hip hop star like are you real do you got street cred and, you know because like that. i think i think in its time punk was all about 
we're not signed. We're in the garage. We're we don't care about the microphone. We and don't it, care about the instrumentation. You know, we're and so that was the attitude, and maybe that faded with time. Yeah, and I, I've had that conversation before. Like these bands that did get huge, would they still be doing it had they not gotten huge? And I don't. It, that also makes me think of the next line in the song. It says you don't know what I'm all about, like killing cops and reading Kerouac. Like it's, ju- <laughs> it's such a middle finger to like all these people are like, Whoa, like you're just compromising well, everything I, you said you stood for. I don't know. Like, I think it would be so stupid for anybody to say, like if given the possible, if given the chance to get, make like potentially hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to create your own art as a career, like who would say no? Like who would not yeah, sign and like the real ones, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Those ones oh, are really yeah, the real ones. No, but like the only thing that really happens, I feel like, is the sound changes. Like for better or for worse, like the production funding just is better and that has a, a an impact on anybody's sound. You, you're yeah. you're so, hitting on what I was just about to say. I, I was literally gonna say bottom line for me. And I am speaking for me, but bottom line is the the output. I don't care how much money went behind it. I don't care what spheres it's in, who likes it and who doesn't like it. I just care about the output. And if they sign on to a label and all of a sudden they completely radically change their sound and I don't like their sound anymore... I don't like it because I don't like the output, not because they sold out or whatever. That's kind of my thing too. And I mean, definitely it seems like major labels where like, oh, you've got a contract and you need to fulfill this and this and this. Like Rise Against is a great example of it because their sound got much softer as time went by. Like there's still a band that plays punk music, but it's much more accessible than it used to be. Mm -hmm. But when they release B-sides, it's like, oh, these dudes are still just a bunch of pissed off teenagers (laughs) playing hardcore. Like they're they're yelling. There's a lot of stuff that wouldn't fly on the radio. <laughs> like and I'm like, and I think that comes down to the same thing. Like, what does the output look like? Yep. And I, I think that is kind of a problem with like band signing to major labels. Like, what is that output bro, going to be? Isn't yeah, it, isn't it just so cringe how Raging Against Machine just agrees with mainstream politics these days? I, In the nineties, they, they were really going against the grain, man. Or, or like, My okay, man, another, Zach De La Roca uh, hanging out with Maoists in Peru. Another example <laughs> in the is video. Oliver Francis, right? Where yeah. you have him just being this broke kid making beats and sweet freestyles. Right. And now, if you go listen to like the Memory Loss EP, like, Air Force right. like that is like radically, radically, radically different. Oh, yeah, and and I can't lie, I didn't really love the Memory Loss EP. I don't really like the sound it was going for. But it's not because I feel like he's selling out or whatever. I know that just like what you said about the Lincoln Park stuff, it's like that's what he wants to make. Yeah. So I support that. You make what you want to make. I prefer your old stuff. And that's yeah. just really it. There's no morality or you misstep. Yeah, yeah or- but it, it really does suck that like, like there is a such thing as time and place, I do think. Like if you are there when an artist is in – whatever i'm not gonna say their prime i'm not even gonna say that i'm gonna say that phase and you were there and they were there and you were watching them and you were with like-minded people in the crowd and all that you probably never will experience that again with that artist that's what makes that so special they're not in that phase anymore. You're not in that phase anymore. So don't try to force them to continue to be in that phase. Yeah, no. That's, I, and then if they change, you sold out. No, no, I agree. But I do understand 
it's nostalgia I'm describing, but that longing for like listening to this artist at that time hit different than listening to anything that they make now. I really know? think at the end of the day, everybody just wants their favorite albums vibes to be completely replicated in everything that they listen to <laughs> yeah but at the end of the day it's just simply not possible yeah like, well yeah i agree art and changes that, and the artists who make them are not who you think it's they are. kind of a yeah. beautiful thing because i think that angst actually is part of what drives us further into it because we keep seeking we're like yeah. no no that's out there somewhere well and you I, know? I want to float two ideas out there the first is that Music is in a really, really special position to have this question about selling out compared to a lot of other mediums. If you consider something like TV shows and movies, just kind of two examples off the top of our head, you don't have a prayer of making a movie that matches most people's vision for movies if you don't have an entire team like bevels of funding and a lot of specialized people and execs over you who are hoping to make return. Sounds like you've never seen a razor head, too. Yeah, no, it's and TV entry. shows too. It's- and, and so, you know, we get to be like really high and mighty about selling out in music too, because we're like, well, you shouldn't sell out in music because you can, you're right. Production does change the sound, but a lot of it you can do in house too. You know, there's, uh, I think back to Will Toledo and uh, the original, God, what's that album called? I forget. The one uh, that they just um, redid. Yeah. Uh, Twin, Twin Fantasy. Fantasy. Twin Fantasy, right? Like, he wrote a demo version of it, and it blew up, and then he decided to go back and redo it with money, right? And I I think that there's a value in that, because music has a level is at a level of accessibility now where the amount of funding behind that you have behind something doesn't change the sound that much anymore. If you decide to be really dedicated about it, or just choose to strip it back or make it bigger it's it's relative to your effort the other thing that i would get across is there is one specific part about selling out that i think is really gross and i'm hoping i can get everybody behind me on which is for some reason i don't i don't love the idea of the artists who would like uh like sell their mom into slavery to get a record contract you know what i'm saying mm. i think that there does have to be a legitimate analysis of okay, what level of success do I need to achieve to meet my dreams? And I think with music, it can be very, very small. You don't have to do that much. I think about Oliver Francis, again, because he represents ideologically of what I like in music, right? And he makes a lot of money, and he uses that money to like support his friends and make the stuff he likes. He still lives in Ohio. He still just makes beats and stuff in his backyard. And he's even expanded on sound, but that's mostly as a consequence of him learning to be a better producer, not him working with Hollywood type execs, right? And I, you know, as someone who's starting a business right now, I'm starting to look at like the realm of the idea of starting businesses and brands a little bit more critically. And you actually do have a lot of choice and what you choose to accomplish. You do have a way of saying, I want to be a 500 person medium size, or I want to be the next Amazon. Or you can say, I'm going to make enough for 10 people and we're going to do great. I'm going to make enough to support my family and we're going to do great. And I think in the pursuit of stardom, there are a lot of musicians who don't ask the fundamental question of how successful do I want to be to still stay true to at least my vision and respect the people and the culture around me too. Yeah. Here's, here's the point I do want to get in because we, we probably do got to move on, but um, I do want to get this in. in and it's related to what you're saying is I don't think that fame historically anyway was ever planned. 
And I think that's one obstacle that we deal with now is because generally speaking, a lot is accessible, even, even at lower cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of what was beautiful at a, at a different time in music and stuff was accidental and limit. It was limit constriction that was driving it. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like if you're going to, if you're going to make kind of garbage sounding stuff, you, you have to choose to do it. And your listeners know mm-hmm. oftentimes that you chose to do it. It's not like a, that's the best that these guys could put together. It's more like, why did they decide to do this? Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think that it, I think that that is something that has come from just like a lot of focus on the industry at large. Yeah. And that feels a little different. I, I do. I maintain my position from the beginning of show, not necessarily that selling out is evil, but the idea of moving music a little bit back more into the grassroots. Mm. Like as much as I can support artists that are still doing indie and still doing it in their house and still like only supporting their friends rather than like, big, like I know I still listen to Drake. I'm a hypocrite and self-admitted in many ways. Right. But my, my goal also from day one, like Jake had a goal, was like, let's just make this, let's make this about individuals and grassroots again. I, I can, re- I can respect that. And I also, I tend to spend m- most of my time in the grassroots, mm-hmm. but I, I don't spend any of my breath trying to discount those that are not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's, that's a fair take. And listen, I don't care for Oliver Tree. I've made that clear, Right. But if his vision is, I want to pack a giant stadium and bring out an acoustic guitar that's the size of three people stacked on top of each other, that's your vision, man. I think you know what? I, I do think that Go always was it. the vision. That always yeah. was the vision. Whatever. Like, like, keep that vision. <laughs> it's not mine. I despise all your music and most of what you do as a brand. But if your honest assessment of like what your artistic goals are is like, that's where I want to be, then yeah. yeah. And in his <laughs> case, right. it might even be... I have a rich dad in the industry, and wouldn't it be funny if I trolled my dad's industry? Like, jeez, I, I, <laughs> dude. dude, Oliver Tree. Who is he related to? He's got his dad is in the performance side of it, like venue stuff, and um, it's funny because the is it what's that podcast H one. H three H three H three H one N one. That's where I was going, dude. That's where I was going. Um, no, he, well he called him out on Instagram. It was so funny. He's like, he's like at Oliver tree. Cause they were doing a back and forth mm-hmm. and he was like, well, at least my dad didn't like, I'm at least I'm not a plant. My dad didn't just put me into the industry without any work. And Oliver tree didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> like he didn't even try to deny it. It was hilarious. Well, nepotism, nepotism, universal dude. Nepotism. That's how I got on this podcast. Wow. Yeah. It's not what you know. That's why we never have people who are family members on our podcast. No. Ever. No. <laughs> We've never sold out. Yeah, dude. Nepotism. It's terrible. Nepotism is lame. Are you ready? Are you ready, Damon? What? With your with your BOT dub, your Breath of the Wild. Oh, am I first? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was creative. When did you think that up? Definitely not tonight. It's just the same acronym. Well, yeah, but you, surely you. Yeah, can't. I just came up with that now. Don't. I'm gonna try to believe that I, at face I really, value. I don't think it was that impressive, but I'm glad I you think liked that was it. Fairly yeah. impressive. There you go. All right, Fuck I'll go ahead and go first. So, yeah, go uh, ahead, um, right now, I I kind of wrote off snail mail at first because I thought she made just kind of like generic. Oh, I was in love, and now I'm not, and also I'm a young adult woman type music, but. 
I'm going through Lush right now, and I gotta say, there's something about that sad breakup lesbian that just is really hidden for me right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, put on the song Pristine by Snail Mail. Give that a shout out. It's her number one song. I'm not I'm not even gonna lie. Um, but I think there's a lot of like killer, really confessional lyrics in there, uh, such as the... Uh, sometimes artists are like, able to say things because they're through singing that you would never relate to someone in real life, right? Like if I told Damon about like a past relationship that I had and I said, well, I know myself and I'll never love anyone else. He'd be like, bro, you're so dumb. (laughs) Get out of here. But then when she sings it, you're like, I get it. (laughs) Preach Lindsay Jordan. So is that like me listening to country artists that are like, Singing about crying their tears into their beer, yeah, because they lost the rodeo. Yeah, all right, cool. I guess. Like, 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 if you had, if, if you were hanging with a Brody that said it, you'd like, you'd like, knock out his shoulder, dude. Is that like, be like me, get out of is here? Is that like me listening to Takashi Six Nine? Yeah, and just feeling every word. It's actually one to one. Yeah. Okay. Got Blicky. Uh, that's holes. like every. That's like every suburban kid when they listen to. I've been thinking about homicide. <laughs> College kids be like, eat the rich and grew up in a $600,000 house. That meme is just <laughs> that meme. evergreen, dude. It's so funny. Oh, Literally everybody God, I graduated dude. from college with that now has like neoliberal NGO positions. Dude, you're lucky you hung out with the Tongans. They're giving you all your street cred. Oh, dude, having the Tongans around was a blessing. <laughs> thanks, God. I don't know. Thanks Whoever. God. Yeah, thanks God for giving. All right. God. Thanks so, God for letting the tongue dude, in. Cody's, Cody's praying. <laughs> Every, Cody just prayed on the why, show. Why don't we have a closing prayer on the show? That's what I've been Yo, saying. So I do. I listen to a. Uh, it's a podcast run by a Jesuit priest, yeah. and he opens and closes it with a prayer. That goes so hard. It does, and he's like a super like left wing like Jesuit priest. It's, yeah. His whole podcast is about liberation theology and all his time that he spent in Honduras working with like the incredibly impoverished people there. It's great. Really good. Somebody listen, should actually. put 808s behind his prayers. <laughs> that dude, no, he has like a very cool flamenco guitar that he plays on it. It's tight. This podcast sounds rad. It is. He gets on there and just says based stuff for like an hour and like references scripture and talks about like social justice prayer. philosophy. Dude, giving a closing oh. prayer behind a hot mic on a podcast like setting. Okay, Ooh. my bop um, comes from one of the very few but highly beloved female acoustic emo artists um hospital bracelet yes she put out this this ep yeah technically you'd call it an ep but um it's literally just her and her cat on the cover and it's fantastic (laughs) and there's a track um called earth and moon and i have loved this song for probably about a year now Mm -hmm. like i love this song but this week it resurfaced and i've been listening to it a lot um but basically, it's just got that perfect acoustic emo guitar riff that's going on the whole time. That's just very reminiscent of like the worst party ever vibes. Yeah. But man, these lyrics, dude, are so good. And maybe they're self serious. <laughs> mm. But um, it's just this really cool metaphor about the earth and the moon and like um, her and this other person. Yeah. That she probably broke up with i have a serious question for you Uh uh-huh if uh would you slide into hospital bracelets dms 
That's a good question. Um, I don't know how to answer it. Yes I mean, no. I mean, yeah. If we lived in the same <laughs> town and stuff, it would probably be cool. But all right, see, all right. Being, you being, can slide into anybody's DMs. What's her at? <laughs> <laughs> what I'll say. What I'll say is this: if her being like the music icon in this scene that she is, yeah, doing it now, like right now. Like, oh, I'm getting in hospital braces DMs. That would just be cringy. It would be a meme. You'd have no, to no, know. No, 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 no. If you, like, listen to her music and you were like, hey, I really like your songs. I'm, I was happy no, to see her on wouldn't. Instagram. I'd have to know you first. Like, if Why, I, why don't you be like, hey, I would love to talk to you about, like, your artistry. DMs is to oh, okay, but that's not what sliding your DMs mean. No, but then, but then <laughs> you, like, you know... You go out and you talk about the artistry, and then it's like, all right, maybe you like feel out a little bit of a connection there. You know what I'm saying? What I, I, guess, I would li- I would slide into Dorian's DMs. I'm serious about I that. Li- it's pretty easy. Yeah, easy. My, my thing is this: Are you sliding in because you're trying to be like, like romantically sliding in? I think it would be very, very cool to date someone like Dorian Electra. Can someone? Tell I think me that her would name. be really awesome. And I, mean, I, I think it would be cool to. Date an art, like a music artist in general, like someone who would kind of. Yeah. That's become my favorite thing on Instagram. Actually, is just finding like mid tier artists and like getting their attention on Instagram. Yeah, like, yeah. Even you if can do it. You can. Yeah. Totally oh, do just it. even if yeah, it's like you a like or like a DM. Yeah, it's yeah, so easy. One hundred percent, you definitely can do. Go that. out there and yeah. cop an emo, an acoustic emo e girlfriend. <laughs> oh my god. So my bop of the week, I I've had a major return uh, to. Um, El Producto Avalanches, oh, yeah. but I can't I can't use that as my bop of the week because it has to be on Spotify. It's the rules. What you can't use, but I have to shout out. I do have to shout out El Producto, uh, Rolling High. It's it's the opener tra- opening track on there. The instrumental to that song just goes crazy. Really, it does. And and for the time that they were making it, I it sounds like something that would go over super well if it were to come out now and be discovered by the right group of people. And I, I it's just like mind-boggling that they were doing it that long ago and anyway i have mad respect for that whole project el producto is great but uh staying with the avalanches i'm gonna give it on give it to um the new album we're gonna see them next month i'm really excited so excited um music is the light is the holy crap dude like got a pretty crazy instrumental and then they pitch down the vocals and it's just an absolute vibe i'm really i i am into that track it's a good one so Spotify, a lot of the time when they recommend me things, it's albums that I already know. But every once in a while, they'll throw something new on there. And I posted about this one in the Discord the other day. The album's called IDOS. It's by an Italian prog band called King Crow. And I listened to it, and I was like, this is a really good bridge between something like Dream Theater and something like Porcupine Tree. Like, it's got the softer side. It's got, like, the guitar solos. It's got it all. But it's... Honestly, really good. I was like, listen to it. It doesn't have the crazy flashy stuff. I think the longest song is like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Great. the song at the same pace from that album is awesome. Been seven minutes. To nothing nothing you lot. have to confess. A cool yeah. seven minutes. Cool. Nothing, yeah. you got, nothing you got to confess. <laughs> that's a car ride to school. <laughs> that's a car ride to school. It's, so fu- like, it's funny to explain to someone, like, yeah, it's only a seven minute long prog song. They're like, what? Like, <laughs> only? That's No, no, no. I mean, like, to someone who doesn't know prog. Yeah. yeah. They're like, that's such a long song. Oh, f- oh, my dear sweet summer child. It's not even close. I, and then I break out the Green Carnation song. It's an You'd be like, all right, now we're going to listen to Pace Age Diver. This is a 30-minute track with nothing but screaming and distortion. I <laughs> love it. Dude, freaking high quality. John Zorn. He's got some long 
tiresome tracks. <laughs> All right. My uh, Bob of the Week was probably Delicious uh, by Charlie XCX off of her Pop 2 album, which came out in 2017, and she did with uh, A.G. Cook, which is like the head producer for uh, PC Music, which is like the big hyper-pop label of Europe, pretty much. But the production on the album is honestly just insane. Like, the idea was to like maintain a pop record sound but like push the boundaries of i guess production and everything and it really sounds that way and the kick on this song is just insane like it just speeds up every few seconds and i don't know how to explain it in words but it's just such a cool song and it's been on repeat so sounds sick yeah nice not bad yeah i i I take back all the mean things i've said about ag cook it's just no, you it's, don't. I don't. No, it's you just don't. Because he wrote three, he wrote a tri album, and none of it was hyper poppy at all, and it was just like, all right. So he made a good decision. <laughs> you realize, you realize, like everybody makes fun of Seven G for being like way too long. Yeah, well, that's all I was doing at that time. Is yeah. I was listening to that and going, the, everybody in every subreddit uh, talking about hyper pop is just like, "Aid you cook, aid you cook." Yeah. And then you go and you you listen to it, and you're like. It's not really his solo stuff. It's his collaboration. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, no, yeah. most of 7G really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Network Radio. We will be back. Uh, are we getting back next week? Two weeks. No, two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. Hey, Oof. but you can't kill us. Not long hiatus. We, we've we've, not we've proven hiatus. that much. <laughs> Hit Network hiatus round like 743. This See year. you next week. <laughs> See you next week. See you next week. See ya next week.